I'm Joe Kane. I'm Dan Kane. I'm Sal Conca. And I'm Wayne Heckler. And this is the Imperfect Podcast. Don't forget to go to hecklercane.com and sign up to be an Imperfect Podcast Insider. To the bumper. Valentina Canigli has worked on over 60 film productions, documentaries, music videos, commercial work, and more. And she has won Best Cinematography Award at the Louisiana International Film Festival and the Hoboken International Film Festival, to name a few. This award-winning powerhouse DP has worked with HBO, Showtime, and Netflix on various projects and used her amazing eye for color and contrast to bring these stories to life. Yeah, Valentina, she is the real deal. Yeah. She's uh, she's got it all, and she's just has such a positive attitude towards everything. Yeah. Um, the discussion we had with her ranged from you know shooting in Palestine to getting snowed in in Jersey, <laughs> uh, you know, really talking about her eye for color and lighting. Um, you know how she lit this bus in one scene. Um, you know, very wh- cool. Which movie was that, used. Wayne? That was uh, the, the stand. stand. That was the stand. Yes. And you know, you can go to her site and check out all of her work there, her short films and things like this. She's uh, shot a pilot um, with Joseph Sakura, which mm-hmm. is really cool. She's also a boxer, and she brings a lot of those techniques to the filmmaking process. She's exactly. worked with some big names: <laughs> Elliot Gould, Naomi Watts, and a whole bunch of other actors and actresses of, of the big nature. Exactly. And you know, as a filmmaker, as a cinematographer, and being particularly a woman in film, you know, listening to her talk about her journey, how she came from Italy to New York. Um, She's been here for 17 years. You know, she's had some really great people that have supported her in her career. So, you know, take a listen and hear what Valentina has to say and hope you guys enjoy. Valentina, welcome to the Imperfect Podcast. How are you doing this evening? Good, how are you? (laughs) We're doing great. I know uh, Uh you're a fellow New Yorker by way of Italy. How long have you been in New York? Yeah, I've been in New York almost like, you know, 17 years, and uh, it's been a long journey because I always travel all around the world, but then I've come back here all the time, so it's really great town. I like it. Yeah, sure. And mm-hmm. how long, um, you've been here for 16 years, 17 years, you said. So in Italy, when you were there as a little girl, did you have a love for film and filmmaking? Where did you mm-hmm. uh, catch the filmmaking bug? In reality, you know, my father wanted to be a director, so I took a lot of, like, you know, uh, anticipation from him because he really wanted to work in film, and uh, and then I realized that, you know, it was his dream, and it became mine, and mm-hmm. I really like mm-hmm. it because he, he really introduced me to all the directors, the one that people don't know, it, and he knew it, all about it. And uh, so he couldn't do it because, you know, he had to follow the, the business that we had, he's uh, a fashion design. But, you know, by the end, he was happy that I was actually, like, you know, doing a filmmaking. And mm-hmm. I was, you know, working as a, as a cinematographer. So it was a, a mm-hmm. family, family sort of business that you just kind of, like, worked your way into. Yeah. And, yeah. and what was it like? Is, is film school in Italy difficult to get into? And I actually, believe it or not, I didn't go in film school in Italy. I came here in New York and I went to NYU. I I graduated. I was actually in London first. I did, like, two years in London with Mr. College. And I had like a major in film, and after like I wanted to transfer, so I got a scholarship from Europe, and I decided NYU, nice. and I really like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. And um, so, as a cinematographer, what really you know inspires you? Like, are there other filmmakers that you look to for inspiration and things like this? 
I think it was mostly like paintings because, you know, I, I'm coming from, of course, you know, like uh, one of the countries where art is very, like, you know, important. And uh, there was a lot of influence where when I saw, like, you know, like all the paintings in Italy and also, like, in Europe where I realized that I wanted to really be a cinematographer because I wanted to work with the lighting. I wanted to really create, like, what they were doing in a canvas and instead I wanted to paint, like, you know, inside a frame in like, you know, just uh, to capture whatever, you know, lighting I could, you know, create it, more or now, less. Now you filmed The Blindness was one of your films and that was about yes. art. So could you tell us how that experience is? Because there you have an opportunity to combine both things. Yeah, it's actually funny because blindness was about like, you know, a woman that was uh, losing her sight. And uh, what was good about it that we had to actually tell the story by visuals. And in the same time, there was not a lot of words. So really, like, you know, the camera was capturing what she was seeing, but in, in, in a kind of sense, she was not seeing well. So I think it was a long journey because I had to really, you know, understand what, you know, I could see it beyond, you know, everything that we see normally. And it was nice because sometimes I see the director, what is more important is what you don't see instead of what you see. Sometimes it's more powerful. So if you hide in the camera behind something or maybe if you see some darkness and it's not everything lit, sometimes it's even better because uh, I like European film a lot. Because of that, I like it because there is not a lot of dialogue, there is a lot of visuals, but it's also nice to see independent films here in the States because the way they do it sometimes, you know, let the audience, you know, give a kind of imagination more than, uh, you know, just give everything away. So that's what I like. Sure. And I do mm -hmm. have to give her credit. She's probably our best lit guest we've ever had. Do you have any lighting going on? <laughs> no, it's actually like, you know, it's a computer and I just, you know, open and then I have my, you know, little iPhone and I say, you know, it works. It's like a feel like. I know. know. <laughs> I, I, I was paying yeah. attention. I was like, she's actually pretty well lit. Yeah, we've had, we've had, a, we've had some people oh, who are just in, so in the pitch much, black you know? and we're like, oh, look at that. We can barely see them and you are very well lit. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Now, Thank since you, you so since much. we brought that up, tell me as a cinematographer, how mm -hmm. much how much connection do you have with the lighting people? How does that work? Tell us about the relationship with the lighting people. Yeah. In reality, you know, uh, the the first time that actually, like, you know, I started to be a DP, I made a point that I wanted to meet all the lighting rental house and the owners and also, like, the people that they were working inside the, the lighting rental house because I knew that as a DP... I really care about lighting. So I wanted to actually explore, you know, pretty much how I could, you know, really get these people to give me some lighting that I really needed. And also actually I wanted to see what kind of, you know, the new units that they were coming from, you know, like old manufacturer, you know, the changing. Because, you know, I started to film when I was, um, you know, pretty much like, you know, really young. And we started film. We started film stock. Mm -hmm. And in reality, like, you know, we started, believe it or not, by that time, there was still, like, you know, arc lights where you had to actually, like, you know, use it with the carbons, with sticks. And inside the sticks, there was, like, you know, just something mm -hmm. that you had to change it so that the carbon, you know, electricity was going on. So that's how, you know, I started. And so for me, like, you know, to explore all, like, you know, the quality of light was really important. And um, I also know that it's important to see that you can you don't need a lot of light you just need the right light to make it work and the right position as well so 
That's mm. true too. And then, mm-hmm. so when you're when you show up on set and you've you've read a script, how much interaction then do you have with the director to set up the lighting? Does he, you know, is that all under your mm. control or is it a collaborative process? No, I think actually we do a lot in pre-production, uh, meaning that director really tell me what he or she wants in terms of like mood and in terms of like you know. Uh, kind of like you know, also like movements as well. So he or she started to talk about it, you know, the mood of the story. And in reality, what I do, I anticipate him or her because I read the script, and what I do, I interpret it, everything that it's in word into visuals. And I started to give an idea, my impression, in how to really I could, you know, uh, translate the words into visuals, and mostly in lighting. So what I do. I just, you know, write notes and I do uh, see a lot of like, you know, paintings and I compare to each scenes and each character. So what I do, I really go with the state of mind of a character. I develop that into like, you know, lighting. Sometimes I give uh, to each character, I give colors. Mm -hmm. So I identify them with colors. And sometimes, you know, because I see their personality and I say maybe I can give them like, you know, red, I can give a yellow. This one sounds like a little bit more, you know, maybe brown and that really he's a visual way of how to really introduce the story and tell the director you know how i see it and of course you know the last word is him or her and that's when they come in in pre-production and they started to talk about and say you know what you like your idea or maybe we should not do that maybe i should go you know another way and it's a balance Mm-hmm. And I really, I really, it's good to listen to them because it's important to listen to you know what they wanted to have. Sure. You, know, have, to a, us you well. have a lot of uh, pictures up on your website, uh, just still yeah. frames, still frames, not even mm-hmm. like moving pictures. Um, and just the, the <laughs> compositions that you use on those different things, they're, they're very well lit and they have all different feels to them. Um, how important is it to you to come and snap a picture and go, okay, well, this is the idea that I'm getting before I put the put the lens on the uh, on the moving picture camera? It's actually very important because I like to capture the moment, and I know that you know all my stills really look like you know very well lit, but in reality, sometimes I just you know observe everything that is around me, and I get the right moment, and I just you know snap it because I I like especially like you know it depends on the situation as well. Because, you know, if I shoot a documentary, obviously, like, you know, I like to go there and explore, you know, right in the moment. But if I shoot a film, it's nice to have pre-production. Although, I have to be honest, you know, I'm coming from, you know, like a culture where everything can be done in the moment. And I'm not afraid about that. So, basically, we do, you know, we live day by day. And I like to also get this approach in the film as well. So, because, you know, maybe in that moment, even though you did a lot of pre-production, it doesn't work right the way you and the director think it would work. And you got to be ready to have a plan B, plan C, plan D as well and see, okay, you know what, now let's just shoot it. I put a light in and I know that it's going to work because, you know, I really like, you know, scam everything around me. And I know that, you know, the maybe the, the actor, they don't want to do certain things. So I really got to be ready just to come up with some idea. And... Um, it's important also because I figure I shot a movie in Palestine, in Palestinian territory, mm-hmm. behind the wall. And, you know, in that kind of situation, you know, where, you know, there was you know, a lot of, you know, of course, you know, bombing and stuff like that. It was not a documentary. It was a narrative film that went to Sundance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I realized that to get the story out there, you really had to really, you know, think in the moment of what you could do at, at the max and get, you know, something that you really you are proud of. So 
Sure. And Mm -hmm. now, you know, living in the world of independent filmmaking comes with its own set of challenges, low budgets, small crews, things like this. Mm -hmm. I mean, we learn Mm -hmm. over our time with experience, but but we also learn from our challenges. What was like one of the most challenging shoots you've showed up to or had to deal? It sounds like Palestine might have been interesting, but (laughs) was there something else that comes to mind that you showed up and it was a really difficult shoot or something that was challenging? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was difficult uh, mostly because people think, it's difficult, but in reality, you know, every, every like, you know, shoot that you do, it's not really difficult because you love it to do it. I mm-hmm. think one of the most challenging was uh, definitely, like, you know, the Palestinian film, because of, just because of the situation and not because of the crew. It was a small crew, but also, like, you know, I shot a movie in, uh, in Italy that it was really, like, you know, complicated because we shot on the south of Italy and in Sicily. So there was a lot of like, you know, complication in terms of like how to get to the location. And, uh, you know, where we shot, it obviously was like totally deserted. And then, you know, I shot another movie that was, um, you know, basically all like in New York. And it was difficult, the situation, which was like, you know, called Without Grace. Mm-hmm. And Without Grace was actually with Down. And uh, it was beautiful. I mean, now, believe it or not, just today, I I knew that, you know, it's going to open up in L.A. tomorrow. And, uh, you know, I'm working, I'm here with a small crew, and I'm working with, like, you know, two Hemi-nominated, you know, actress on down. And, you know, suddenly, like, you know, we, uh, we shot in New Jersey. And there was, like, you know, we shot, of course, in January last year. And there was like a snow that was crazy. So we could not move it. We got really like locked inside the apartment where we were shooting. And we had, in certain point, we had to just stop and go back home and come back, you know, after two days. It was, it was impossible to really do it, to really put a light. But what I see that in this moment, it's actually like, you know, not difficult. It's actually easier because I always translate, you know, like the worst into the best. And what I do is... Um, it's because, you know, like it's survival and all the crew get really together and you have a lot of support mm-hmm. and you never like, you know, really give up at that point because mm-hmm. you're there and you want to make something that you really like it. You know, if you love your job, you really love everything. So. Well, a lot of people that we've spoken to, filmmakers are known for being good problem solvers. I yeah. Think and if you're not a good problem solver you're probably not going to you're probably not cut out for this business i don't think you can do it then you know because (laughs) honestly really even though you have a night budget like i think that it's not going to be easier it's going to be actually even difficult because you're dealing with more money so that means that the producer they're really scared to actually like you know take risk so at that point you really got to be more sharp and realize that it's not really easy if you have more so now you also shot you shot the stand right didn't that win an award the louisiana film festival yeah award? yeah the louisiana film festival yeah i got an award with uh, a period piece and it's called madeline uh oil and uh it was actually like you know a story about slavery and uh you know like about also racial discrimination as well in that time and uh, I really like it because uh, we were everywhere in the field. We were actually like, you know, in the mud. We were shooting every in every swamp that Louisiana has, you know, in the south of Louisiana. And it was interesting because, you know, in that moment, you would really see that people that, you know, actors and crew, they were all united. And we were like, you know, in this house. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of costume to deal with, a lot of people that they really like, you know, talked about how to make it happen and not really like, you know, sink down 
<laughs> the hurricane or maybe like you know having like all the equipment like gone in a while so I think it's challenging because you have to really deal with what you have in that time but that I think we also had a lot of you know more budget so it was really convenient well the, the award mm-hmm. you won during that film festival was the best cinematography correct yeah I did I mm-hmm. mean that's that's yeah. pretty prestigious to be able to win yeah. the best cinematography yeah. on that I'm very happy about it. It's really nice. I like Louisiana. I actually shot another movie where I had an article on American Cinematographer in March uh, 2017. And it's called The Stand. And basically, you know, it was really interesting because it was uh, all shot in a bus. And uh, it took place in a bus and there was like, you know, a kind of a terrorist attack. And basically there were Christian and Muslim all together. And the, and the Muslims that they were there, they were actually protecting the Christians. So everybody had to look like, you know, there were no one, like no Muslim and no, you know, Christians. So they made it look like, you know, they were all uh, the same people. It was interesting because, you know, in the north of Louisiana, really we shot in a place where it looked like Africa. It was supposed to be like you know like the West Africa, and uh, you know it was all like again like big fields with like all like dirty road and stuff like that. And uh, in that moment, I really relied on natural light, but also like you know things that I could have. And I work a lot with mirror, so I like working you mm. know with the mirror and create triangle of light. So trust me, in that situation, I thought that was easy. But it was not because, you know, like usually I was imagine I knew how the bus, you know, and I, you know, I did location scout and everything. And I know that they're more wide here in the States, you know, in Europe, you know, bus, they're really narrow, they're very small. Mm-hmm. So I say, you know, I can do this, you know, it's a big bus so I can put every light and everything. But I didn't count to the fact that every seat was occupied by everyone. So in reality, I could not any light whatsoever. So I realized, you know, maybe it's better at this point that I, I really like, you know, things from outside. But, you know, the window, they were really small. So in that case, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to break all the mirror and I'm going to actually rig the mirror on the ceiling. And then I'm just going to, you know, like pretty much reflecting the light that I have and creating like a triangle of light. So that's something that really came out at the last minute. Well, that's the, and that's the problem solving end of it. I mean, trying to figure yeah, out the problem. Hey, how do I, how do I yeah. light this little tunnel of people in a bus? Yeah. And it's funny yeah. you bring that up because that I definitely thought was shot in Africa because I saw that one. But I have to say you set the tone beautifully. So it's funny no, you tell you. me about this lighting because I think maybe that lent itself to the realism of it. Yes. Because it actually uh-huh. was scary. So I'm looking yeah. at it. I really felt mm-hmm. like I was there with that. So I gave you a lot of credit for that. I said this oh, definitely set the tone nice angles you've got two thumbs up from wayne so (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then of course everybody like like and the elder so i was a lot you know with my camera and there was an art reflex we shot in anamorphic so white you know aspect ratio and so i was like you know wondering with this camera you know up and down the bus and then just like a few shots outside so it was really interesting. The thing is, uh, you have to always, like, you know, worry about it when you see the faces of your gaffer, your key grip, and your first AC. <laughs> yes. They totally, like, you know, they become, like, pale, and they don't know how to actually tell you the problem. So when you see that, you started to actually, like, you know, really see that there is a problem. Mm-hmm. But for me, again, you know, it's, you know, it's everything that actually... 
they say, if I don't see it with my own eyes, I really cannot say, no, I cannot do it. I got to really say, I you have one of the most positive attitudes about anything. You're like, yes, I was shooting in this place where I, you know, I almost got to. killed. This place I almost got eaten by a gator. Yeah. You know, like, and you're like, but it was so good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's an amazing no, outlook. Like you know why? Because I like, you know, I like people and I like to actually work with different cultures. And uh, this is why I'm in New York, because in New York, you have the ability to really see every different culture in neighborhood and, you know, really interact with them. So I like to explore that and the colors that every culture brings and the light. You know, everybody's different and I like, you know, really interact with that. It's sure. important. Now, so. can you tell us any about the challenges you face to actually break into the industry? It was actually like, you know, in the to, I have to be honest, like, you know, as a woman cinematographer, it's very difficult to really break in mm-hmm. because, you know, there, especially when I started, started in 1998 and in reality like you know and then I started shooting in 2001 in reality you know it's uh, I was one of the the few women DP around and you know every time that I was on set I was the only woman on mm. set so um, I didn't have I had discrimination but I didn't have so much discrimination because I also had a lot of people that really believe in me and they supported me and I have to say men too men and women and what I am bothered sometimes is actually that you know women they don't support as much as you know men and I think we should change that I think we should really like you know start to support each other as men do and maybe like create a, a new network of supporting each other because some women they too worry about it you know like if I had I remember I used to have like a big Panavision over my shoulder because I box, I'm a boxer. So of course they didn't know, but I'm very like, you know, small, you know, I'm not tall. So a lot of women, they were starting to panic and say, can you do handheld? Can you do this? Can you do that? I mean, you know, like sometimes you gotta really trust, you know, who you hire as well, especially producer and say like, you know, that you can do it and they can do it. Because if you train, it's not about the strength, but it's, it's about like, you know, the power that you have from the legs as well if you do such a thing so it shows that you combine your boxing technique with your filming technique that same Mm -hmm. attitude I do do tie boxing so I know what you mean sometimes you gotta go with the flow Mm -hmm. and you can't resist certain things and it's a dance you know it's like about dance and it's about you know it's not about the heaviness of the camera it's actually about how you really can you know really get strong through your legs and uh, mostly like it's not coming from you know the shoulder so Right. Just like filmmaking, I guess, you know? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Well, I'm, I'm a yeah. gearhead, gear so I want to ask you, what is your go-to camera? I, I mean, I'm sure you've shot on a lot of different things throughout the years, yeah. but what is, do you have a go-to? Can I tell you something? I think it really depends on the project, because I can't really say I want to use always that camera. I, I do prefer, obviously, an Ariflex. I do prefer, you know, the Alexia and mm-hmm. film camera, because that's what I like it, but... I do like that, but I have to be honest, like sometimes, and many times, I realize that it really depends on the projects. So each project really calls for a different camera and uh, for a different look as well. So what I like about it is that, you know, my, my work really, like, you know, differentiate. It's not all the same, mm-hmm. because I think that every stories and every project, they really call for a different cinematography style. And that's what, you know, you really need to go with with the story. Mostly, you really need to go with the character development and the progression of the state of mind. So, 
say so, you can use any camera that really it's you know more for the story. It's, it's more about like the story, you know, adapted not about for the, the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And mm-hmm. it also, I mean, it just means like be if if you have that skill to be as diverse as possible, you don't get pigeonholed in a certain way, right? That you only shoot in one cinematic style. So you can approach a project with an open mind. Yes. You know, so mm-hmm. directors and producers are gonna yes. want to work with mm-hmm. you more because exactly. they know you're gonna bring what it takes to for that project, not what you exactly. did on last not necessarily what you did on the last project. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. There was an example, like, you know, actually I had a featured film and a TV pilot that I shot it with, um, you know, like, uh, I don't know if you know Joseph Sikora, he's actually like, you know, on power. And we shot it like, you know, this TV pilot. And in reality, I thought that I wanted to shoot it with an Ari. And so I thought that I wanted to shoot it with an Alexa. So I was all geared up. I wanted to go, you know, there and do it with an Alexa. But then, you know, I tested, I did some tests. And I really like, you know, show to the director and I saw it myself with an anamorphic lens, how the red will look and how mm-hmm. actually like, you know, the Alexa was for that TV pilot. And, you know, we, we decided that the red was the best. Mm-hmm. So that's actually an example. You know, we really wanted to shoot it with an Alexia. We had all the quick lens, we had the anamorphic and everything. And then, you know, when we got to the camera rental house, you know, I did some lighting. And I saw that the color and everything was actually like, you know, really met the look was really matching what the red was giving us. So, you know, I opted for that. Cool. Mm -hmm. So what work um, can people look for coming up? Um, I know you have a few projects um, in the works. Uh, You want to talk about those for a moment? Yeah, we'll talk about it. Like, you know, mostly uh, about this short film that I just directed and DP. Mm -hmm. It's called The Amital Therapy. And it's about a woman that actually has a double identity and she's looking for, you know, the the murder of her companion and uh, she's hiding under, like, another identity. And it's interesting to actually uh, really portray what a woman role is and uh, how, you know, I can be, a, I could be, a, like, you know, a cinematographer and also, like, you know, a director as well. Um, the good thing was that, you know, if I wanted to put some, uh, something or some someone in the darkness, I just could let it go. So I didn't have, like, you know, to really turn around and ask, like, a kind of permission to a director. And uh, the bad thing was that, you know, I didn't have a companion to actually, usually I really miss that kind of collaboration. In reality, I miss the collaboration between director and DP mm-hmm. because, you know, it was so, I mean, it's golden, you know, it's really amazing because you have someone that cover your back and you have someone that it's there for you, lights, and there is a lot of, you know, like artistic uh, ideas putting in the table. That's what I missed. And so I think, you know, my next move, uh, obviously I, I just wanted to, you know, continue to be a DP, a cinematographer, because that's what I like. It's my passion. Okay, sure. And I really wanted to be a DP. So if I will direct maybe like, you know, some kind of, you know, movie that I really care about, it, I really would like to probably hire a DP. Because okay. I, I like that interaction, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Very cool, very cool. And that, yeah. um, that was a middle therapy you were talking about, correct? Yeah, it's called and the amital therapy. Amit- sorry. And uh, yeah, and it's basically, uh, believe it or not, yesterday we just submitted to Sundance. So oh, awesome. Well, good keep, luck. You know, yeah, thank you. <laughs> we'll keep an eye out for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I awesome. hope, you know, they're going to take it. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, um, this has been super informative for us. I, I think uh, we, we learned a lot. Um, I, I think your work is stunning. I think uh, the visuals you Thanks. create are amazing. Um, is, can you want to tell everybody where they can find you online, where they can find your work and all that good stuff? 
Yes, I'm actually addicted to Instagram. So my Instagram is Valentina Caniglia DP at uh, Valentina Caniglia DP. So it's my name and last name DP. And uh, of course, you know, they can see my work on my website, which is, you know, uh, my name, last name.net. So www.valentinacaniglia.net. And uh, I don't use a lot of Twitter. So I don't know. I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, some Facebook, but mostly I'm always on Instagram. So I, lo- that's I love how she starts out with people that can, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, she yeah, must. I know, like, I don't know, are you posting like beautiful? That. Are you posting beautiful uh, still photography on Instagram all the time? I post, you know, mostly when I shoot it. So I post like you know all the picture that I'm on set and uh, maybe like you know screenshots and also like you know things that really I can capture at the moment. And also videos, well, maybe trailer. There is actually like the trailer of the TV pilot that I've done with uh, Joseph Sikora mm-hmm. as well. And uh, there are, you know, a lot of my work out there. So mm-hmm. awesome. Well, Valentina, yeah. thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Really Who so knows? Much. Maybe we'll get Friday to work night, together. Enjoy and have fun. You know, go out there. <laughs>